Well, good morning again. My name is Brian. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Walnut Hill, and just want to take this opportunity to greet those of you who are on our campuses in Waterbury, New Milford, and in Derby, and for those of you who are, are watching online. You know, we've been in this sermon series called Bringing Heaven to Earth with a focus on the Holy Spirit. I hope that this has been something that's been encouraging to you, challenging, but I pray that for all of us, our hearts would be wide open to the Spirit of God moving and working in our life. You know, today, I see today as a day of honoring. This is our 40-year anniversary as a church. And today, we want to honor the Lord. We want to honor one another, the people of God. And we want to honor what God has done through the life of this church. Praise God, all the things. It's been amazing to be a part of the journey of what God has been doing now, before we, we talk about the history of the church, there's another thing that I'd really love to do and another way that I'd love to honor. You know, this month, the month of February, gives us the opportunity to place a special emphasis on the contributions of so many African-American world changers in our history. And it's a great opportunity in this month and, and every month, really, but really this month to have this special focus to intentionally share the stories of so many people God has used powerfully for his kingdom uh, now and, and in our past. You know, I want to encourage you to take time uh, to hear, to listen, to read, to discover the stories of African-American world changers from our, our nation's history. You know, I'd encourage you to read the stories of Pastor Absalom Jones Read the stories of Pastor Richard Allen. Tell the stories of Preacher Sojourner Truth. Listen and learn about Alexander Crummel, Preacher John Jasper, Harriet Tubman, William Seymour, Thomas Dorsey, Jarena Lee, Fed Frederick Douglass, and many, many others. Let's in this moment lean in and discover and learn how God has used so many people uh, to bless and, and build his kingdom. Let's pray even about that now. Lord, we're so thankful that we are the body of Christ. We're so thankful that we, we come together as your image bearers. We're so thankful, Lord, for the many people that you've used to build your kingdom, to make con uh, significant contributions to our nation. And in this particular moment, we wanna thank you for African-American brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's so good to be brothers and sisters together. Lord, we're thankful for uh, that we can be uh, the body of Christ. And we just, uh, we praise you uh, for that. In your name, amen, amen. Well, friends, you know, we have seen the spirit of God moving in the life of this church for 40 years. This has been a church that has kept in step with the spirit for 40 years, or at least been eager to do so. And I had the opportunity just a few weeks ago to sit down with many of the founders of our church and just talk about the story of the beginning of this church. And there were a few things that, that came to light from that. Three things that were really, really important. I learned from them that our God is a big God. This has always been a part of the fabric of this church. We've never believed in a small God. This church has always believed that we serve a big God. God. And I love that as we sat and we talked about stories of starting the church and, and having a vision for what God could do, their vision was always big because they believed in a big God. Do you believe that we have a big God? We serve a big God. We don't serve a God who can't. We serve a God who can. 
And so we want to continue to dream and pursue that vision knowing that we have a God who is big. The other thing that came up as we were talking about was this word family over and over again is that they truly believed that they were better together. I love that. We still believe that today as church, don't we? That we are better together. So many stories as I was sitting down with the the founders of the church, they were talking about how they would come in and new people would come in and they quickly felt like they belonged to the body. I love that. We're going to talk more about that, but we are stronger together. And then the other thing that just constantly came up in our conversation is that we have a great mission. We have a big God, we're stronger together, but also we have a great mission. Our mission is to be the light of the world. Our mission is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to bring the kingdom of God through the power of his spirit. There's no better job description. Your job is not as important as this one. (laughs) We've been called to be builders of the kingdom of God. To bring hope to the hopeless. To heal the sick. To bring good news. To raise the dead. To bring spiritual life into people through the power of Jesus. Our mission is great. What a great investment to place in building the kingdom of God. I I love that we we had that time with the founding families just to be reminded that we serve a big God, that we're stronger together, and that we have a great, great mission. In fact, I love how Jesus himself says in the gospel of, of John chapter 14, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Wow. And even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus had this amazing vision for his disciples, all who would follow him. You're going to do even greater works than I have done. This is why I'm going to send you the gift of my Holy Spirit. And with the gift of the Holy Spirit, what I want to talk with you today, and we also have a message from one of our former lead pastors, Clive Calver, that we're going to share in just a little bit too. But I want to talk to you about the spiritual gifts how God gives us good gifts to use to build his kingdom, to help us arrive at this mission that he's given us. And the spiritual gifts are different from what I talked about last week. I talked about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are the, the character of, of Jesus Christ within us, that patience, that love, that kindness, that goodness, this, these characteristics that we should have about ourselves. The spiritual gifts are something a little bit different. The spiritual gifts are these abilities that God gives us naturally and supernaturally to build his kingdom. There are these things that the Lord gives us that he breathes upon that we might use them to build his kingdom. And the the, the Lord talks a lot about them in his scripture. I want to read from our passage today, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 11. This is the Apostle Paul. He says this, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or is from another Spirit. 
Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I want to share three, four lessons with you, not three, four lessons with you about the gifts of the Spirit. And the first is this, is that everyone has a gift. Praise God. Everyone has a gift. Did you catch in verse 7, it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. When you give your life to Jesus and you follow him and the spirit indwells within you, you are gifted by him. You are a gifted person. Praise God. I remember many years ago, my daughter McKenna was trying out for a a high school play, but she was an elementary school kid. They were looking for some Von Trapp kids for The Sound of Music. And Becca took McKenna there, and there were hundreds of kids getting ready for this audition, only a few parts. And we're like, oh, I hope McKenna gets a part. And she went in, and she did her little audition. We're like, man, we hope she gets it. We had to wait a bunch of days, hoping, just hoping that she could be a part of the play. You know, friends, I think sometimes we think with the spiritual gifts that, oh, I hope, I hope that I can be a part of what God is doing. Oh, if he just looks kindly upon me, oh, can I be a part of this? Am I going to be given something? Yes. We actually, we all make the play. The Lord wants to gift each and every one of us. Right now, you're wondering if McKenna made that play, Right? Right now, you're, you're wondering that, right? And I'm not going to tell you. Because sometimes I think that we sit in this tension. Is God going to gift me? Would God gift me? Am I going to get the part? And you're right, right now, what you're feeling on a very minor level of, did she get the part? We translate that in our own life. Lord, are you going to equip me? Yes, the Lord wants to give you a gift. He has given you a gift. Every person And I love, too, how we learn here in verse 11, it says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gifts each person should have. It's the spirit of God who decides which gift you get. Our role is to be joyful for the gifts God has given us. A lot of times we can take a look around and say, oh, man, I wish I had that gift. That gift would be great. Lord, come on. I think I should have that gift. But actually, the Lord has given you this gift. And the Lord, I love how he, he, he... gives you a particular gift on purpose. It's, he tailor makes them for, for you and your situation, how he's created you for, for his benefit and for his kingdom. And so we shouldn't look with envious thought on other people's gifts, but instead we should joyfully accept the gifts that the Lord has given us. Second lesson I want to share with you is this. There are different gifts, but there's one spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. You could even see in our passage today that Paul mentions several of them. He mentions nine. Wisdom, special knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, the interpretation of tongues. He gives this list of these different gifts. In other passages, we read about other gifts. In Romans chapter 12, Paul talks about the gift of service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy. In Ephesians 4, Paul talks about more. Apostleship, evangelism, helping, administration. Later on, he would talk in other places about the gift of celibacy, martyrdom, not a lot of people wanting that one, hospitality, all these different gifts. 
And there's a lot of debate about how many gifts are there. And people will talk about that. Oh, well, there are 27 gifts. Because if you go through scripture and you read and you count every time a gift is mentioned, there are 27. So there must be 27 gifts. Then other people are like, no, no, I think there's 25 because there's a couple repeat gifts in there. And so there's actually 25. No, 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 not 25. There's 19. This is actually, you can go read about that. 19 because some of them are a lot alike. So let's combine those together. No, no, there's not 19. There's nine because that's where Paul in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's where that concentrated list is. And so that's, that's the best knowledge we have about the spiritual gifts. So there are nine. (laughs) Hogwash. (laughs) Here's actually what I think. There are probably an infinite number of gifts. Paul was never trying to say, this is the list of gifts. Pick one. There are no others. He's trying to help us understand the Lord gives good gifts. He's created us all uniquely. And one gift in you might be a little bit different the way that it's manifested in and through me. The Lord gives us wonderful gifts. It's our, our hope and, and, our, and our, our role to discover what those gifts are and begin to use and practice them. And so he might take a natural ability and touch it by his grace and his mercy and his power and you might begin to see that, that talent within you become a kingdom-impacting gift. Or he might give you this supernatural gift that you've never had before, that you use for the kingdom of God. It's not about the number. It's about what God has given you so that you can move out and use it for his kingdom. You know, I've, I've been so blessed to be a part of this church for so many years because I've seen and had the chance to see the gifts of the Spirit being used For 40 years, the Lord has been equipping his people and gifting his people to build his kingdom. And if you look at the history of this church, you can see how God has used different people along the way through his gifts to build his church. I think about the gift of teaching, and I can look all the way back at the very beginning, and I can remember um, this picture that's going to come up now of Pastor Bill Wheat, who was our first pastor first one who would present the gospel to this church. I think of people like Pastor Doug Meraki, who was the pastor when I first started attending the church, a great teacher of God's word. In fact, I think he was in the book of Romans for like three or four years. He's still preaching it, probably, right now to this day. But I remember Pastor Meraki was an exceptional teacher of God's word. I think of people like Joel Eidsness, Pastor Joel and Sharon. Pastor Joel was an incredible encourager, a great man of wisdom as he shared from Scripture. And I remember sitting under his teaching as a young boy and young man for many years. I think of Pastor Rob Strong and Susan, his wife. And Rob was a dynamic teacher of God's Word. He was my youth pastor at one point, and he was just a great gift uh, to this church. I think of Pastor Clive and Ruth Calver, who came to our church, really world leaders, who came to our church to share and lead and teach, and both of them were gifted teachers using the gift of the spirit of teaching. I think of people who are currently here right now, Pastor Victoria Kavarik, a wonderful teaching gift that she uses. And I might be biased. I might be biased. But I think Becca Mowry is a wonderful teacher of God's word. 
I think she's a wonderful teacher of God's word as well. The Lord has constantly brought people and given them this gift of teaching. I think of how the Lord equipped many people in our church with the gift of service. When I think I can remember as a young boy praying for and sending off Ron and Judy Avery as our first missionaries and their family as they went to Papua New Guinea. I remember thinking as a young boy, wow, these folks are gonna give up everything to go and serve the Lord. They're gonna take this dramatic step of faith. Why are they doing this? This is amazing. Maybe they were asking that a little bit too, but they knew God had called them. It made a huge impression on my life. I think of people like Vicki Beatty, who served in southern Sudan, serving the most vulnerable as a nurse. I remember many, many people who stepped out in this gift of service. I think of the gift of faith, and I think of our our founding families as they contended for land, contended for spaces to to be buildings and, and places, and years and years of that. I think of people like Nelson and Marge Malwitz and John and Lynn Holbrook who patiently waited for the Lord and waited on the Lord but while going out with eagerness to meet people for Jesus. I think of the gift of administration. It's always been a part of this church, and you're gonna see this photo come up. I think I've labeled this photo as the first email ever received at Walnut Hill. I'm not quite sure if that's the case, but that's kind of what it looks like. You just imagine all of them hanging out going, has it come yet? Has that email come yet, right? And like, Right, and then it comes in. They were so excited for that email to come in. But the gift of administration, I think of the gift of the prophetic that has been used through the life of this church. I think of all the different moves that we have made as a church and how God led us and spoke to us in that. I think about how they started in a little Ramada Inn, and this was the starting point of the church. I think about how the church moved to a little elementary school called South Street School and how they met there, and God was faithful in that location. I think about how the church moved to Brookfield High School. This is when my family began attending the church, and I remember those places. That's a picture of an outdoor service, and there's a great story of Joel Isis's first Sunday there. We told them, hey, we've got this great school, and then all the power went out, and so he had to preach outside his first Sunday. (laughs) Welcome, Joel and Sharon, to, to Grace Community Church at the time. I think about how finally we were able to settle on the the Bethel campus and what a gift that that was. Such an exciting time in the church's history. I remember how the Lord called us to other campuses and how we stepped out to the Waterbury campus. I remember the faithfulness of God, how the building you're sitting in right now was really a gift from the Lord. We were able to purchase it for just $1 and the Lord is doing amazing work there. I think about how the Lord called us to Seymour and we met in the Strand Theater. I can remember going down there and singing the hymns of revival there. Do any of you remember that? And God moved powerfully through that. I think of the New Milford campus and how they're sitting in their building right now and all the renovations that took place, but meeting in John Pettibone's school prior to that. And the Lord was always faithful to bring us to places and, and share with us where we're to go. And then, of course, I think of our Derby congregation and the church that's meeting there, how the Lord led us to that place uh, to extend our family into the Derby community and all the great work that's happening there. The Lord has used his people to gift them uh, to expand and build his church. And I love that. There are different gifts. We're all given different gifts, but there's one spirit of them all. And all of the gifts 
are good and necessary. I love Paul's analogy of the body of Christ. How we come together using these gifts uh, to build his kingdom. The third lesson is this, is that our role is to discover and develop our gifts. This is our role, to discover and develop our gifts. It's our responsibility to discover our gifts. What are the gifts that God has given you? What is God specifically touching in your life right now? What is he breathing life onto right now within you? How has he made you? You know, knowing your unique purpose in life is directly connected to how God has made you and how God has gifted you. When you discover your gifts, now all of a sudden you can thrive in life as you utilize those gifts that God has given you. And so how do you discover these gifts? Let me just give you a couple suggestions. First, I would encourage you to study God's word. Study those places where the gifts are shared. Sometimes this can really help you discover what gift God has given you. Say, wow, as I read about the gift of faith, I can see how God uses that in and through me. Ask other people. So often, it's a mature follower of the Lord who's able to look at you and say, you know what, I think the Lord has given you this gift. It's amazing how oftentimes other people can identify things in us before we can. So I'd encourage you to get around people and ask them, what do you think the Lord has gifted me with? And ask them to pray for you in that and share with you about it. And then the other thing I would say is step out and evaluate. When the Lord reveals what that gift might be, begin to step out in that. If the Lord's given you the gift of hospitality, begin to host people and begin to see if the Lord has really gifted you in that area. Is the Lord doing things as you uh, exercise that muscle? And then it's our responsibility not only to discover these gifts, but to develop them. I've told you this story before, but I remember opening one of Nora's birthday gifts, and it was a robot. And we poured it out, and it came in, like, it seemed like 10,000 parts. And I love the little inscription on it. It was a robot, but it hadn't been built yet, and it said, some assembly required. I like that. I think that should be attached to every spiritual gift, some assembly required. And God does this on purpose. It's actually about building relationship with him. That's what this is all about, building relationship with the Lord. And he gives us these gifts so that we can utilize them and grow in them and mature in them so that we can discover more about who he is and so that we can partner with him in what he's doing in our world. There's some assembly required. As you discover your gifts, uh, you're not a professional at it right away. No, we walk out and we use those gifts and we develop them. The fourth lesson is this. The gifts are for blessing. We are given these gifts to bless God, to bless us in knowing him and being able to use these gifts, but also, and maybe most importantly, to bless others. I want to just welcome at this moment the Reverend Dr. Clive Calver, who's going to share with us. For those of you who might not know Clive, he was our lead pastor for 12 years, and Adam Craig and I got to serve with Clive for those years and just had amazing years together. And it's just a blessing. When I asked Clive to, to share in this message, he was so thrilled to be able to do that. And so, Pastor Clive, thank you for sharing us with us about the gifts of the Spirit. Let's listen to him now. Hi there. It's absolutely wonderful to have the opportunity to greet us all on the 40th anniversary of Walnut Hill. Terrific to have got to this point and amazing to look forward to see all that the Lord could do. 
Ruth and I had a marvellous 12 years with you. Probably the outstanding 12 years in ministry for us. I'd always said I wanted to finish at a local church. And what a local church. What a privilege. What joy. And how wonderful to work with Adam, Brian and Craig and with all of the others on the staff. So bless you all. Terrific to hear all the reports and wonderful to have this moment to share with you. I've been asked to comment on gifts and of course God has gifted each and every one of us. To deny that would be to deny his capacity as a creator and to deny the awesome way in which he takes and uses people to fulfill his purpose. He's not a God who operates by remote control. He's a God who operates in and through us out of his will. When we talk about being gifted by God, we so often get it wrong because we think of the gifts and of us and not of the giver. It's like when we talk of the blessing of God, we think of the blessing that he gives us. And we fail to recognize so often that God's blessing on us is in order that we might bless others. The whole purpose of God giving his blessing is that we might be a blessing and transform this world in which he's placed us. That's why we get blessed. That's why we get gifted. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about him and the world where he's placed us. And that's what has made Walnut Hill what it is today. The fact that we have not got absorbed with what he does for us, but what he does through us, what he does for people around us, what he does in the community through us. And that's the giftedness and that's the giving of God. And that's the blessing that he came and died to bring to this world. So we are here not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing. And the great thing about it is that we've got super gifts, the gifts that God gives uniquely and specially. And we've also got ordinary giftedness. And he takes and anoints that too. So the gifts of God are the gifts that we've got naturally that he can take and use. And the gifts that he gives supernaturally that we can then use for his glory. And the whole purpose that this world might be transformed. That we by the grace of God might come and take a little bit of this world back for Jesus. I sometimes get tired of hearing Christians talk about themselves, hearing Christians talk about what they have, hearing Christians talk about what they can do, when the whole point of it is what he does through you. I remember standing here all those years ago and trying to explain for the first time what Christianity is all about is not what you do for God. It's what God does through you. It's you and I surrendering ourselves and allowing the giftedness of the great giver to be flowing through us and flowing out to a hungry and thirsty world and making a difference. There are some beautiful words in Psalm 20. They go like this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. 
They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. And my prayer for you for the next 40 years is simply that you might be available. Simply that God might come and gift you and work through you. Simply that God might take the gifts he's already given you and use those. Simply that you and I might surrender and that we might measure our effectiveness as a church. Not by how we feel. Not by how good it makes us. But by what God does in the towns around us, in Danbury, in Bethel, in Brookfield, in Newtown, what God does through us is the key. What happens in Derby? What happens in Waterbury? What happens in New Milford? These are the fruit of the gifts that God has given. And the reality of life in Jesus is that you, as the child of God, Give yourself to the great giver himself. And he takes you, blesses you, uses you. And one day you arrive in glory. And you get to the point of recognizing that he has gifted you and used you. The story is told, fictional of course, of someone who arrived in heaven and was taken to the aircraft hangar. Now you may not be aware that heaven is full of aircraft hangers. But these aircraft hangers are lined with shelves. And on these shelves were so many gifts, all specially wrapped. And the person arriving in heaven said, what, what are the gifts? And the angels showing him around said, well, these are yours. Each one of them is marked for you. These are the gifts that God made for you. And you never bothered to claim on earth. Let you and I claim his gifts, love the giver, let him use us to his glory, let us go into the area that he's put us and let us see him change a little bit more of this world for Jesus. Go take this part of Connecticut and make the legend reality. God came to earth, took a little church, took a bunch of people in satellite churches around it, set them on fire, used them to transform their world and did it all for his glory. Hey, that's been the story of 40 years. Now go do the next 40. God bless you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Pastor Clive, for that message. <laughs> great to, to hear from Pastor Clive again. Thank you so much, Clive, for, for sharing that with us. You know, just as, as we close, I was asking the Lord if, if he had a word for us today. And uh, the word that, that he placed on my heart was this. He brought me to, to Revelations chapter 2. And we'll get there, by the way, in our Bible reading this week. We're going to get there, okay? Revelations chapter 2, verse 7. This is the messages to the different churches. And this particular one is to the church in Ephesus. And the word was actually very encouraging. But then the word came, don't forget your first love. Friends, I felt like, you know, listen, the spiritual gifts, these are great things. But actually, if I would have you walk away with anything today, don't forget your first love. Walnut Hill, don't forget your first love. You, if you seek him with all of your heart, 
you're going to discover those gifts. If you seek him with all of your heart, you're going to find him. You're going to encounter him. Don't forget your first love. Don't be distracted by the, the jewels and, the, and the, the other things that happen in this, this world. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Don't forget your first love. And, and if that happens for us, then we have many years of great things in store for us. Don't forget your first love. Let's stand together as I just close us in prayer. Lord, I thank you for uh, what you're doing. We thank you for, for who you are and who you've been to this church. We thank you for each of our campuses right now, Lord, as we, as we just come together and, and we, we worship you. Yeah. And Lord, we pray that um, we would never forget our first love. But in fact, Lord, that we would grow in a deeper and deeper relationship with you in the years ahead. Pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.